Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And we are delighted to bring Kate Kunkel onto our program this morning as an advocate. Kate is a sound therapist and harpist who spent her career sharing the healing power of music. But when her mom was diagnosed with dementia, she set her sights on understanding this cruel disease and how to prevent it. Her discoveries led Kate to institute lifestyle changes that improved her own memory and health. And now she guides others to do the same as a vegan nutritionist and health coach. Kate's mission is to honor the memory of her mother by inspiring and guiding others to improve their own health. Her book, Don't Let the Memories Fade, A Holistic Approach to Preventing Dementia and Creating a Healthier, More Vibrant Future, is available on Amazon. Kate stresses that it is never too early to look after your brain, but it can become too late. So welcome, Kate. We're Thank happy you very much. This morning. Yes, very happy to have you. And um, you, you have uh, come about this by the way of music and and studying dementia and studying. Tell, tell us a little bit about your background and the misconception, the misconception that we all think about that family members if a family member has dementia, we might get it too? Well, uh, the, there are many um, factors that determine whether we get it or not. But I came about it because my mom, of course, was d uh, diagnosed 10 years ago. Um, it was the same time as I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So it was kind of a perfect storm of events. And um, I, I'm not one to kind of sit back and wait and let doctors fix me. So I figured I was going to fix me. And um, my mom at the same time, I was a little bit too late for mom because I didn't, it took me a while to learn all of the, the factors that are part of developing dementia of all kinds, not just Alzheimer's. Um, but I sure have fixed my memory and I fixed my health. So um, I started working with friends and family and that's kind of how I learned about it. But the factors, many people do believe because there is a genetic um, tweak that is present. It's called the APOE4 gene um, that some people who have Alzheimer's have. That gene, however, does not predetermine as is the case with having the cancer gene or any other kind of gene, just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to, to develop that illness. And in the case of um, Alzheimer's, many, many people have the gene, but never get Alzheimer's, but even more have Alzheimer's, but don't have the gene. So that tells you that it's not necessarily genetic. However, many people whose family members get dementias of other kinds and don't have the APOE4 gene still develop dementia as their parents did or their grandparents, not because of the genes, but because of the lifestyle. So we have a lifestyle that sets us up for that. That could be eating the standard American diet and never exercising. Those are two big things. Uh, living under extreme stress or in toxic environments, those also contribute to developing dementia. So in that respect, yes, if a family member has it and you follow the same lifestyle that your family member does, yes, you have a much bigger chance of developing it. 
You said something interesting that um, that I'm curious about, and and that is that you 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 fixed your own brain. Mm-hmm. How do you know that you did that? Uh, because I don't forget words anymore. Because I don't lose my keys anymore. Because I don't get lost um, in a train of thought. So when I, the RA was one thing, but I was also going through menopause. Well, I was basically at the end of menopause at the time. So there was all that stuff going on. And I recognize that that can give you brain fog. So, but I, I, over the three or four years that I was working specifically on my brain, I saw a huge difference in my clarity. So I became, um, I ate no, like no alcohol. Um, I do have a glass of wine now and again here um but there was no alcohol i cut that out for the rheumatoid arthritis um many things i cut out because they're inflammatory so as i was doing that and the more i did it and the more i um you know cleaned up my diet and started exercising more i could feel it like a a fog lifting it was like it there was this person here that used to be so bright and she was coming back and that that dull kind of foggy person who couldn't string all of her words together was going. And since then, it's just getting better, getting better and better and better because I'm improving so many more things along the way. As I learn more, then I do more. So Kate, I'm curious about this. Is what ten years ago you started on this path? Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, how did you? What sources did you go to? Was it just really trial and error on your own part, or or what could what did you draw on? So um, at the time, there were like Dr. Right now, Dr. Dale Bredesen is kind of like the go to mm-hmm. man. He's right. very famous for this. But of course, his book wasn't out. Nobody knew who he was back then. But I started for my own purpose, studying about the causes of inflammation, because that's rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune disease. So I figured, okay, there's something going on here. And I had a cousin who was my age who was already in a wheelchair from multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And we grew up in the same area. So I got thinking, hmm, maybe there's something to this. So then I started searching about autoimmune diseases. And being in an also being a harp therapist, I also knew that there was a lot to do with sound and that sort of thing. So all of these things together, Mm -hmm. I just started digging. And it wasn't really until about five years ago where we started seeing more um, information online about prevention. You know, Mm -hmm. you saw a lot about caregivers and looking after people who had dementia and the drugs they were coming out with for Alzheimer's, but you never really saw too much about prevention. Now, of course, it's everywhere, thank goodness. If we can just get people to take the steps, that's the next thing. Right, right. So what, you, what year did, I'm sorry, Gail, just what, what year did your book come out? Just now, just this past September on my mom's, just, it, would okay. been mom's it would have been mom's 82nd birthday. I, it came out okay. September 12th. All right, thank you. That's great. You, you mentioned music and, and the role that sound plays. So please expand on that. Sure. So sound itself is vitally important for our stress levels. So if you live in a place where there's a lot of ambient background noise, uh, noise pollution actually is one of the contributors to developing dementia, oddly enough. But sound itself, because we are all vibrating all the time, we're, it's like everything, our computers, our tables, everything is vibrating, all this, the molecules are vibrating all the time. 
we are mole our molecules are vibrating all the time when we get out of tune so to speak then we get sick and that can be anything from cancer that can be uh, autoimmune disease that can be alzheimer's so we um, it's very important for us to stay in tune and music is a huge um contributor to helping us get in tune of course it can also be a contributor to sending you out of tune if you're listening <laughs> to music that's driving you crazy very much so especially when you're eating there are studies that show that if you're eating in an environment where the the noise is raucous that's like heavy metal anything like that really raucous music it's very hard on your digestion and people like in roadhouses and stuff they they play that because they want you in and out eating and getting it over with, but it's the worst possible thing <laughs> for your digestion. And we need a healthy gut to have a healthy brain. So music itself as a, as a uh, modality to help us reverse the effects of dementia or protect against it is very important, but it is important to be aware of your sonic environment. So is it listening or playing? Both. Both. In fact, um, if you are a musician, a trained musician, the, the corpus callosum, which is this strip of um, material that goes between the right and the left hemispheres, in musicians, it's much thicker and stronger. So the, the two sides of the brain can connect and communicate better. So that's one thing that protects you. It also gives you more cognitive reserve. So if something were to happen, a talking toxic exposure or an injury, then you have more connections between the right and left hemisphere. Um, that's by playing that part of it. Then listening, though, there are so many things it does. It actually partly reduces stress, of course, but also because when you're focusing now, it should be mindful listening. But when you're focusing on music, you can actually get the same parts of your brain firing as you do when you're a musician. So one of the exercises that I'm doing right now with my tune up your brain program is I'm having them listen to Brandon, one of the Brandenburg concertos so that they can actually trace some of the instruments, either the melody or some of the accompaniment. And that gives your brain the same kind of workout as actually playing. Can you tell us more about your tune up your brain? Oh, turn up the brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah so every, sure. I have a, a group program that I put together. Um, it's like five weeks. And what we do is we just go through all the things that can help tune up your brain. So mindfulness, meditation is very important. It actually makes your brain bigger, you know, like it, it actually inspires neurogenesis. Uh, meditation, mindfulness, and music. That's what I use in Tune Up Your Brain. I don't get into diet too much, except sort of as an aside, because that's a whole nother thing. But Tune Up Your Brain is just using these wonderful things to spark the, the brain going and to uh, eliminate some of the things like the program we're doing or the module we do this week is about decluttering, because that can have a huge effect on your ability to think and reason, because if you're surrounded by stuff there's too much stuff around to get your brain working properly so we work on decluttering things like that mindfulness is a huge part of it we go through the seven attributes of mindfulness so it's a little bit of everything but it's focusing on like last week was learning new things that's also very important for our brains long term is to continually learn expand your horizons 
get out of your comfort zone. You know, we, the, many of the, the women that we interview on our weekly podcast are 70 plus. Yes. Um, so I'm wondering about women as we age, what have you learned, found out about the um, dementia, yeah. Alzheimer's, um, what, you know, prevention for women as we age? Okay, so the big thing, and uh, like, the kind of frightening thing is that women are actually twice as likely as men to develop dementia. So after you're 65, um, we actually have a, a double the chance. Uh, so that's something to really think about. Um, and it's not just because we live longer. That is not the reason. It's because they, they're thinking, there's a lot of research going into this, but we're thinking part of it is stress. Also in the past, it's maybe not so much now for my generation and be behind, but in the past, women, certainly my grandmother's uh, generation, women were expected to stay home and look after the families. So they did not get a lot of intellectual stimulation. Even if they were able to get a good education, they did not get the continual learning and intellectual stimulation, which is a huge factor. So that's one thing the researchers are thinking could be. So for women, keep learning, keep expanding, just do different things, meet new people, try different foods, um, take an online course. Better yet, if you can, do uh, you know, go to a, a community college or university and enroll in a class because for most of us over six. 65, it's, it's free in most universities, certainly in Canada, I know we could attend and just monitor a, a program for free. So that's one thing to keep learning. The other thing is stress. We women manage stress very differently than men. And our bodies actually produce cortisol differently mm -hmm. for a different reason and hold on to it longer than men. And so that's something it's very important. And that's why meditation is so helpful. Yoga, anything that helps you center and reduce stress. It's also very important. A uh, sleep is another big thing. I know that that's something that I struggled with and I still struggle with occasionally. And it's a very important thing to look after your sleep to, to, um, Put, make a nice sleep sanctuary to do all the things. And I have a, uh, I have a blog where I have all these suggestions where people can go and, and mm. uh, read them step by step. I, I believe in giving solutions. I know there are lots of problems, but I'm solution oriented. So I want you to, you know, follow those things. So sleep, other thing for women, um, as we age, um, it's pretty easy to gain weight. Um, certainly for women who have just gone through menopause or going through it and then Sometimes that weight just sticks, you know? So that's another thing that's a huge um, influence toward uh, developing dementia. So just watch your weight and, and exercise. Ah, number one, exercise. Doesn't have to be running a marathon. Doesn't have to be working out with weights at the gym with all those young hard bodies. Just good walking, dancing. Dancing is wonderful. If you can dance, you know, find a place to go take lessons. All those things. There's so many things we can do and just and have fun while we're doing it, right? The whole point is to enjoy this life and to make these memories stick. So have fun <laughs> while you're doing all this stuff. We have uh, quite a few guests who uh, cross-country ski, who are in their you know, 70s, 80s, who still cross-country ski, who walk a lot, 
who uh, dance, love to dance. Yes, so I, I can, and you can see it in them that the the effect that it has. Uh, oh yeah, how they are. Yeah, you talk about the immune system. I, I'd like you to expand on that a little bit. Sure. So the immune system is very intimately connected to our brain health, which is connected to our gut. So it's this big circle. Our body, even though allopathic medicine would have us think that we're just parts <laughs> and that we have to fix that part. And so, you know, we'll do, deal with the other part later. Everything is a system. Everything starts in our gut. That includes the immune system. If you have an unhappy gut microbiome, you have an unhappy immune system. That immune system kicks in and it can either result, it can become either depleted or it can kick in and become hyper immune. Like it really kicks in, which means you have an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. So with the brain, if that immune system kicks into overdrive and rather than turning into RA or MS or, or lupus, it can actually turn into the proteins, the brain produces the proteins that create those uh, tangles and clumps in the brain, which is the uh, trademark hallmark of Alzheimer's. So if our immune system runs amok, it can do those things as a disease or a, 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 like a physical disease, or it can turn into these tangles. So that's why we have to be very conscious of what goes into our body so that we don't, you know, make that immune system go haywire and create those tangles. Because the reason a lot of these drugs didn't haven't worked is because they've just been trying to get rid of the tangles and the clumps of proteins. But those things are actually our body's defense mechanism. If you get rid of them, all the brain is all the body is saying, oh, we have to produce more. So then it goes and it makes more. And that's why people who go on those drugs, they might get better for a little while, but then they just, just dive. That's what happened with my mom. You know, she got better for a few months and we were all excited. And then she just, I mean, it was so fast. It was like those, those tangles, all those proteins just went into hyperdrive. So yes, the immune system is intimately linked to our brains. Mm. And talk a little bit about food. I mean, it, it seems to have be so important to this discussion. It's very important. Yeah. So I happen to be vegan. Um, and I did that partly for ethical reasons, but also because in my case, I do not respond at all well to milk. Dairy is very inflammatory. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I always recommend to my clients, my nutrition clients to cut out dairy because it's so inflammatory. Um, anything that's processed, just don't even eat it. Anything that is, is now, it's really hard, certainly in the United States and Canada, because so much of the organic food is very expensive. And for some people, it's just out of their realm of possibility to eat organic all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do recommend it if at all possible, and certainly nothing genetically modified, and not even so much because it's gen genetically modified, but because it's sprayed so mercilessly with glyphosate and all these other horrible things that just set up a toxic storm in your body. So processed out, sugar out, um, yeah, most people have um, an okay tolerance for uh, some grains, 
but it's something to really keep an eye on because grains can be very tricky and cause all kinds of inflammatory response and make the gut unhealthy. Um, but the good things to eat are things like fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi and kombucha tea and, and um, plant-based yogurt. I make an awesome coconut milk mm -hmm. yogurt. Um, and so those good things, and they taste so good. And the spices, turmeric and curry, and the spicier, the better. Those all add interest to our food, but they're also really great for decreasing inflammation, which is like the primary thing we want to look after when we're looking after our brains. Mm -hmm. hmm. So uh, in, in your book, um, do you have recipes? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, the last, the, the appendix is a food, um, like, a, like a little, I call it the uh, change it up food plan. So I give them seven suggestions for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then we have um, soups and salads. And I even have some holiday foods I put in because so many people struggle with this diet over the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, it's all in there, all kinds of recipes, all harpist tested. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> that means this harpist tested all of the recipes. <laughs> and my carnivore husband, who I haven't quite convinced to get 100% off meat, although he's probably 90% off now, um, he likes all of them too. So all of this okay. stuff, uh, yeah. So actually, he really loves my, he's become quite the connoisseur of um, vegan cooking now. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you hope to take this? My dream <laughs> is to have every person who cares about their brain, and that should be everybody, to stop and think about what it is they put in their body and what they do. So Dr. Um, Daniel Amen, he has, a, he has a brain clinic, and he, and I got this from him, he says, everything that you do, everything you're going to put in your mouth, stop and ask, is this good for my brain? Because if it's not, you don't need it. There's so many things. If you decide to sit on the couch for two days and watch Netflix, that's not good for your brain. Don't do it. You know, it's very simple. But the thing is, people don't necessarily know. They don't understand all the things because they have this idea that if my mom had it, I'm going to get it. It's like Angelina Jolie hacking off her breasts because her aunt had cancer. Like, oh, my God, I just about had a heart attack when she did that. But the, we it's education. If we know that we have control and the steps to take to institute that control, then we can look after ourselves. And by following the protocols in my book and Dr. Bredesen's book, mine are a little different because I'm whole foods plant-based and I include music and meditation and all that. So I've got more of a holistic look at it. Mm -hmm. But if you use those things, you're just going to boost your chances of having a long memory filled life. And that's my goal is to just educate people as much as I possibly can. You know, I'm, I know a lot of people are so tired of me yakking about it, but it's important to me. I don't want anybody to die like my mama did. It was awful. It was really awful. I don't, I wish that on nobody. So my goal is to, to help people prevent that. And however I do that with the programs, with the book, whatever it is, coming on on podcasts and sharing it i'm just, whatever it takes we're, we're very very grateful to have you um you just this book just came out do you have another one 
I had another book. Uh, it was called The Healing Sound of Music, actually, that came out 20 years ago. And The Healing Sound of Music, um, it's not in print anymore, but I've actually been thinking about maybe putting it as a, as a digital book mm -hmm. just to, to bring it back because there's so much cool information in there about being healthy with music. So, and yeah, what about your next book? What, the next one, you, you know, have another I'm one? I'm thinking this next one is, well, I've, I've got a, a historical fiction novel that I'm working on uh, for my Oma's history. My grandmother escaped from the East to the West with four little boys and her story is, is amazing. So I want to fictionalize that. I'm not a fiction writer generally, but I'm going to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Lots of coaching. <laughs> um, but the next book, I, because mom also had cancer five times. Um, I'd really like to get into that in a holistic. I know there are many people who do cancer prevention books and there are awesome books out there, but my spin is a little bit different using the music and everything. And I think it might be appealing to some people because it's also very conversational. My writing is not technical. I inv invite, you know, I'm very like, like you and I talking. It's mm -hmm. like that. That's what the book is like. And all my books, all my stuff is like that. My writing, the blogs. So that's what I'm hoping I can get across to people that, just, uh, yeah, you can prevent cancer the same way you can prevent mm. brain death. <laughs> mm. It's all a matter of our taking care of ourselves, right? We have the control. We have the power. We just have to grab it and run with it. Mm -hmm. And give up those cookies. Yes. Although I make some awesome, healthy vegan cookies. <laughs> no sugar. <laughs> I have to get and I have... I have a recipe for vegan brownies in the book. They're made with um, avocado. And I have another recipe that uses sweet potatoes and some maple syrup. Oh, they're so good. I love them. <laughs> I, I've been off of dairy for probably 30 years now. And, and I can make some pretty good recipes that have no dairy in them that taste just like the old ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. for me, they taste even better, I think, because the guilt isn't there for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes. So, Kate, you have your own website? I do. It's katekunkel.com. Yeah, very easy. Kate, K-A-T-E, and then K-U-N-K-E-L.com. And everything is there. You just go there. The, the blog is the second little thing that you find there. And I encourage people to please check out the blog if you have any questions. I've, I've tried to cover all of the topics that are in the book, at least lightly in the blog. And then when new things come out, because it always does, right? After you finish the book, mm -hmm, it's never finished because there's always new stuff. So I keep any new research I come across, it goes into the blog. So you continue to study about brain health, I take it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's my life. <laughs> That's wonderful. What a wonderful contributions. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. My daughter um, went vegan for hmm, 30 day, 40 days. So a, a friend of hers is, is vegan and, and made these fabulous dishes. So my kitchen, my refrigerator was full of all this great food that then I also, I guess it was we went vegan because my daughter wanted support. So I'm continuing. I don't know about her. But, ah. Uh, uh -huh. Sort of um, most of the time vegan. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I um, Somebody said to me, well, I just can't do all that. And I'm like, anything you do is better than nothing, right? Every little step you take, 
And heck, do I fall off the wagon? Not when it comes to vegan, but every once in a while, it gets really hot here. March in Ecuador is very, very hot. So I'll have a, a glass of beer and some corn chips. You know what? It's okay. <laughs> but then the next day I go back to my, you know, kombucha and carrots. It's, it's all about balance, but it's also about every little step is a good step. Yeah. So just tell us uh, about you being in Ecuador. How, how is this where you live for permanently full time? Uh-huh. Yeah, my husband and I um, went on vacation here in 2014. And it was sort of an exploratory trip to see, you know, what, where we might retire. Um, although I'll never retire. <laughs> Um, but we started um, in Quito, which is the capital city of the country, and it's further north, and then just traveled. We rented a car and just went and just waited. We had no hotels booked except for the first night and the last night. So we just, by the seat of our pants and speaking very little Spanish, that was our vacation. And we landed here in Punta Carnero, which is on the Salinas Peninsula. We're right on the coast. And we stayed at a little bed and breakfast owned by Americans. And uh, we said to them, we're just falling in love with Ecuador. We're going to have to come back and see about finding a place. And Heather, the owner, she said, well, there's a place around the corner for sale. Why don't you go have a look? So we did. And I have to tell you, when we found this place, it was just the, the five houses because we rent these houses out and a big dirt lot, like just dirt. <laughs> and the houses were kind of in rough shape, but... Yeah, so we bought, we thought about it for seven months, and then we put in the offer, and a year later, we were renovating. It took us about a year and a half to renovate, because we took everything down to the bone, mm -hmm. to the walls. And here we've been since October of 2017, so almost three years, mm -hmm. October 27th, and we have a little retreat center, and yeah, it's just so peaceful, and I was really happy to be here during the worst of the lockdowns in North America. Yeah, they had a very severe lockdown here, but this was a, a our place was a really good place to be because I have a pool and you know the beach, so it was all good. <laughs> well, it sounds like an ideal lifestyle. Yeah, and very you know very healthy because the food here is so inexpensive. Fresh fruits and vegetables, even organic, it's only about ten percent higher for organic. And I can go to the mercado and fill up my my bags for like eighteen dollars for a week's right. full of of groceries. It's just <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and that's when I have to buy nuts. So on the days that I don't have to buy nuts, it's only about twelve dollars. <laughs> well, okay, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And and uh, I have to say peace to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we're going to, uh, yes, take a look at your book for sure. And uh, you've inspired me certainly to look at this even more closely than I, I have already done. Then I've done my job for today. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking with you ladies. You're so bright and so involved. I really, it's been a, a great, great chat. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks so much.